Chapter 6, Part 2 In the sermon series, The Gospel of John Spoken by Pastor Sunita Pontan So I want to introduce to you my friend Adele Everybody say hi Adele <laughs> That's right, that's right, I love that excitement So Adele is going to help me this morning um, Adele, okay, we're going to work on our Okay, so Adele, good to have you with me this morning Um, So I want you all to know a little bit about me. Um, I love surprises. I love um, anything exciting, especially like good surprises, things that are fun. And I just love when things happen that unexpectedly blow my mind. I love hip hop. And so um, I remember uh, going to a Beyonce concert years ago and uh, out of nowhere, here comes Jay-Z. And I was so excited, right? And then I was at a Jay-Z concert and um, Beyonce did not come out, but out came uh, Mary J. Blige and Usher. Yeah, I was so excited. Three concerts for one, right? I love when things like this happen. Um, But I'm easily surprised. So every month, if you follow, every April rather, if you follow me on Facebook, you know I announce it April 1st as my birthday month. And yet, every year I am surprised when people wish me happy birthday. So here's my community group uh, from my community group party a few weeks ago. (laughs) My wonderful community group gave me cake and and, uh, fruit and we had a good time together. Um, I'm easily excited. And I hear, Adele, that you have a birthday coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, when is it? Next Friday. And you're gonna be how old? 11. 11! <laughs> but Adele, can you tell me, has there ever been a time when something unexpected has happened to you? Last year, I went to a new school and I wanted to hide in the corner, wanting no one to talk to me. But my best friend, Jesse, walked up to me and we became best friends. That's awesome, I love that. I love how God sent Jesse in an unexpected way and now she's your best friend. That's pretty cool. Well, in today's message, we are going to, in the text that we're gonna read about today, um, we're gonna see how Jesus has showed up for the disciples in an unexpected way. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me and Adele to John chapter six. John chapter six, and Adele is gonna read for us verses 16 through 24. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Amen, thank you so much. Didn't she do a great job? Thank you so much, Adele. So you might have heard a version of that story before. A version of this story is also told in Matthew and in Mark. But here in John, John does something 
little different. Now, if you know um, about the Gospels, you know that John is a different type of writer. He's not concerned about the times and the dates and the places, that he is looking more to teaching us how Jesus is the Christ. We talk about him making Christological statements. He is teaching us that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. So while you may have heard this story before, it's a little bit different in John. So for example, in Matthew, when Matthew tells a story, he talks about Peter joining Jesus walking on water. But we don't have that version here. And the reason we don't is because John really wants us to focus on Jesus himself. That is um, John's purpose in writing, so that we can focus in on Jesus himself. So if you remember from last week when Pastor Clay preached, um, we're, we're set up here with Jesus having and the disciples having just fed the 5,000. And Jesus goes up on a mountain to pray. And when evening came, the disciples, they go down to the lake and they get on a boat and they head towards Capernaum. And Capernaum is like Jesus' home base, right? It's where he's the home base for his ministry. But Jesus is not with them. Matthew and Mark say that Jesus sent uh, the disciples away, but we don't see that in John. But instead, we, we just, it's just open to us, but it's still intentional. John wants us to intentionally pay attention to what Jesus is doing because he's about to do something extraordinary, something unexpected. Here is where things get a little exciting. There's a storm. A strong wind starts blowing and makes the waters rough. And I'm no weather person, but if you do the research, the research says that the Sea of Galilee is 700 feet below sea level, but the mountains surrounding it are about 2,000 feet high. So there's almost a 3,000 foot difference here. And so what happens is that um, sometimes the wind, the cooler air, rushes down the mountainside. And when it hits the surface of the lake, it creates these white caps and it makes it extremely dangerous for small boats. This is how the storms arise in this area. And that's probably the type of storm that the disciples find themselves in um, in this, in this uh, story. So when Matthew and Mark talk about how the, the boat is being tossed around and how the disciples are straining against the wind and the waves to hold the course and get safely across to Capernaum. Now they have been, uh, straining for about nine hours, and they only make it halfway across the lake. And they look up with water and wind splashing all around them, and out of nowhere, they see a figure coming towards them, walking on the water. They're in the middle of the lake, and they freak out. Matthew and Mark, they think it's a ghost. They say that the disciples think it's a ghost. And then the figure gets close enough to them, and the figure says, it is I, don't be afraid. It's Jesus. And when the disciples see that it's Jesus, they invite him into the boat. And before they know it, the boat has reached the shore. Now, can you imagine this? You are on a cruise ship and Jesus sort of like walks up to the ship on the water. Or maybe you're out sailing with friends or you're fishing in the middle of the lake, you're whitewater rafting and here comes Jesus sneaking up on you on the side. Like, I am looking forward to seeing Jesus, but I am not really looking forward to him coming up on the water next to me, sneaking up on me in the middle of the night, right? That's not quite how I imagine it's going to go. And what makes it so remarkable, so miraculous, so unexpected is the way Jesus shows up. The fact that Jesus showed up at all is unexpected. And the way he showed up is unexpected as well. That's what's so incredible. 
Jesus walking on the water is one of the seven signs that the book of John tells us about. The signs were ways that Jesus points to himself, letting us know that he is divine, that he is God. It is about the personhood of God. And we've talked about four so far in church. When we talked about Jesus turning water into wine, that was one. And when he healed the royal official's son without even seeing him or touching him, that was number two. And then when he healed the blind man, excuse me, when he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, that was three. And then we just fed the crowd of 5,000. That was number four. And here we are with number five, Jesus walking on water. But they all point to Jesus' divinity in a different way. So what is it? What does Jesus showing up in this unexpected way, walking on water, teach us? What do we learn about Jesus as he unexpectedly walks on water? There are just two things. First, Jesus' unexpected walk on water shows us his presence. It shows us his presence. Presence means that God is with us. The disciples leave without Jesus. Jesus had gone up to a mountain to pray, and the disciples had eventually taken the boat and started heading towards Capernaum on their own. Jesus is not originally with them, and then he appears walking on water. He wasn't there, and then he was. He comes to them. But what I find so fascinating about reading these verses is that the disciples never call on Jesus. They don't ask him for help. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the lake or ocean or anywhere, really, I'm calling on the name of Jesus. But the disciples don't do it. And maybe they don't do it because they think that Jesus is nowhere around and he can't help them. Maybe they think they can handle the storm on their own. But Jesus comes to them even though they never call out for him. Jesus sees that they are in distress and he shows up anyway. This is important to us because we need to remember this big word called the, called the, uh, the omnipresence of Jesus. That Jesus is everywhere present with us. The disciples thought that Jesus was too far away from them to actually help them, but he wasn't. Yeah, he was on the mountain, but he was also very much aware of what was going on with them in the storm, and that's why he shows up. And so he makes his presence known to them. He says, it is I. In other words, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm present with you. Jesus is present. Whether we call on him or not, he is still there. This is why he tells the disciples, it is I. Do you know what this means? This means that we have access to God at all times. That we have personal access to God. And that's a blessing because the God of the universe is present with us all the time. Even when we don't think to call on him, he shows up for us. Has Jesus ever shown up unexpectedly in your life? Maybe you were so distressed or distraught about something, and before you could cry out to God, God had shown up. Or maybe before you became a Christian, before you even knew to call on the name of God, God reached out to you. Now, as you know, every year for Easter and Christmas, we send letters to our brothers at East Jersey State Prison. Um, We have the cards out, and so many of you fill them out um, every year. 
and we always get cards back in return, not always, but most of the time we get letters back in return thanking us for the, uh, for the cards. And so here's a letter that I received this week from one of the brothers at East Jersey. Hello, church family. God bless you guys. Happy Easter. I want to thank the brothers and sisters at this church. When I received this Easter card, it warmed my heart and put a bright smile on my face. I am going through a tough time right now with my grandmother's passing away. But look at God's love moving to keep me in high spirits. Glory to God. I just want to say thank you once again. May God bless you. Love you guys. Sincerely, Josh. God is present with us. And God used one of you and his divine timing to send a card of encouragement to a brother. And God showed up for him, reminding him that God is still present with him, even in his grief. That's how Jesus shows up for us in unexpected ways. He wasn't expecting a card, but it showed up right on time for him. This is how personal Jesus is. This is how present he is with us. He says simply to the disciples, it is I. That means that the disciples had a personal relationship with the, with the disciples. The, Jesus had a personal relationship with the disciples, and they recognized his voice. Jesus didn't have to say, it's me, it's Jesus. He simply says, it is I, and they understood that this was Jesus. He's not a stranger, and he's certainly not a ghost. He's their teacher, and their rabbi, and their Lord, and their savior. My aunt. My aunt can call me from anywhere in the world, from any phone in the world, and I always know it's her because as soon as I pick up the phone, she says, hey, baby girl. I know her voice. I know how she speaks. And that's the way it was with the disciples. They knew Jesus' voice because they had spent so much time with Jesus. They were in relationship with him. If we're disciples, we need to know the voice of Jesus too that we spend time with him so that even if you can't see him in your storm, you can recognize his voice. And it's in the recognition and the presence of Jesus that the disciples find peace. Jesus shows them that his presence brings peace. Jesus knows how they feel. It's dark and it's stormy. The wind and the waves are tossing about. The disciples are struggling to keep the boat steady and go in the right direction. There's low visibility, and out of nowhere comes this figure walking on water. Right? They are freaking out right now. John says, just like really calmly, and they were frightened. I think it was more like they were terrified. <laughs> I'm sure they had no idea what to do. They had nowhere to go. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus comes up to them and he says, don't be afraid. Anytime you read uh, words like this in the Bible, like don't be afraid and fear not, it's because people are scared. <laughs> and so Jesus shows up because they're scared. And he says, don't be afraid. Jesus' presence calms their fears. 
These disciples were expert fishermen, but this storm was brutal, and they had to figure, they had this figure coming, walking on water. They didn't recognize Jesus immediately because they had seen Jesus do other things, right? They saw Jesus feed 5,000. They saw Jesus heal people, but they had never seen him walk on water before. But once they recognize who it is, it calms their fears, and they take Jesus into the boat with them. Jesus is present with you. Look for him. Slow down long enough to see him. At the end of the day, spend a few moments just thinking about the day. Where did you see Jesus at work in your life that day? Right? Do it for yourself. Do it with your kids. Do it with your friends. Just where did you see Jesus at work today? Because we can't underestimate the importance of the presence of God. Even if he shows up unexpectedly, he brings peace. He brings security. He brings assurance. He brings comfort. He brings hope. When Jesus shows up unexpectedly walking on water, he reminds us that he is present with us. And so first, Jesus um, unexpectedly walking on water shows us his presence. And second and finally, it shows us his power. It shows us his power. Jesus shows us his power, his sovereignty. Sovereignty means that he is command over all, right? He's got command over all. And here he shows that he has command over all of nature. The words translated, it is I in our Bible, in the Greek is actually the term ego eimi which is simply, it's actually, it is I, sort of, but it's really I am. I am. Just those simple words, I am. Now, if you remember in your Bible, when Moses um, encounters God back in the Old Testament, and he's getting ready, God is getting ready to send him out to free the people of Israel, and God shows up to Moses, Mo, uh, God says simply, I am. I am. So when Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, I am, he's letting the disciples know that he and God are one. That I, that Jesus is God. He is signaling to his own divinity. His own identity is God. And throughout the book of John, we'll see Jesus do this. He'll, we have what's in, in the book of John, we have what's called the seven I am statements. We're going to learn about one of them next week. But here, Jesus simply says, I am. And it's a signal to them of his power as God. They know Jesus, but now he's trying to tell them, I am God. And like the God of creation, just like God created the world and demonstrated his power over creation, Jesus is demonstrating his power today, here, but in a more subtle way. If you read verse 22, the crowd is looking for Jesus, and they're confused because they're like, we saw one boat, we saw the disciples leave, but where is Jesus? And they don't realize that Jesus had walked on water and is now gone. He's gone. Jesus had been on a mountain praying, and then he walked on water. He defied the laws of gravity, the laws of gravity that he created. Jesus walked on water so that the disciples could see his power. They needed to see that this God wasn't just a God who feeds. He wasn't just a God who heals. He's also a God who's in control over nature. 
He is the God over the universe. He is the God over the creation. He is sovereign. But here's an interesting piece. Remember I told you that John's version is different from Mark and Matthew? John says nothing about Jesus calming the storm. But it's not because he couldn't. We know that Jesus can calm the storm, and he does in other places. But perhaps John is reminding us that storms may not always cease in our lives, but Jesus is still powerful nonetheless. Jesus is still present with you. You may feel distant from Jesus in your storm, but Jesus is right there with you. You may not be able to see his power in the way that you expected, but Jesus is still at work. Yes, Jesus does have the power to calm the storm, but he also has the power to calm you in the storm. And that's what he does here. He calms the disciples in the middle of the storm. Now, I know that some of you have been praying about something for years. Some of you have been waiting. Some of you have been pleading with Jesus to stop the storm in your life. And he may do it. And he may not. And if he does not stop the storm, it doesn't mean that he is not with you. It means that he will give you the power to get through the storm. It means that he will calm you, that he will give you the endurance that you need. That's Jesus' power at work too. And do you know how else we see Jesus' power at work? Because the disciples make it safely to their destination. It was a bumpy ride, and it was in the middle of a storm, but they make it. Jesus, in his power, gets the disciples safely to their destination. There are two miracles that happen here. The first one is that Jesus walks on water. The second one is that he gets them safely to their destination despite the storm. The power of Jesus is that he gets in the boat with you and navigates you safely to shore. Jesus shows up for us that way too. Maybe for some of you, for some of the the students in the room, it's the power to stand up for a friend who's being bullied. Maybe he helps you get through a really hard subject in school. Maybe he comforts you when your parents are arguing. And for the adults, maybe he opens up an opportunity that you didn't see coming, or maybe he resolves a situation that you couldn't figure out for yourself. Maybe he gives you the courage to have the difficult conversation with a family member or a friend. Or maybe he gives you the power to hold on through your own stormy, bumpy road. The diagnosis, the divorce, the job loss, the bankruptcy, the move. Maybe he gives you the power to hold on just one more day until you make it safely to shore. Don't doubt his power Just look for it to show up in a different way. And that's the message we need to hear today. Because sometimes we put God in a box. Have you ever put God in a box? You've only seen God do things this way. So you can't imagine that he can do things that way. 
But don't limit God. Don't limit his power. Don't limit his ability to empower you even in the middle of a storm. Even if the storm doesn't change, you will get through to the other side with him. He is God of the universe. He is sovereign. If Jesus can walk on water, what can he do? I challenge you this week, not just to pray about the storms in your life, right? But to also uh, to speak the power of God in the middle of the storm. Don't just ask God to heal you or to heal a family member, but proclaim that God is a healer. Don't just ask God for a job, but proclaim that God is a provider in your life. If he provides for the sparrows and the lilies of the field, how much more will he care for you? Maybe you have a a test this week. You've got finals coming up. Yes, study. Yes, study. (laughs) But also proclaim that the Holy Spirit will bring everything to your remembrance. Remind yourself that if Jesus can walk on water, he has the power to walk in your life as well. And I'm not saying this, this is not like some name it and claim it. Don't like, like pull that out of this. This is just reminding you, right? This is reminding you that God is still at work, that God is still powerful, that Jesus still shows up in unexpected ways. And maybe he's trying to remind us that after 2,000 years, we should be expecting God to show up. But he doesn't always show up the way we think he will. In seminary, I met um, this amazing friend, Ed Adams. And Ed was a year ahead of me in seminary. Um, but he felt like this like elder statesman. He just had something about him. He had been preaching since he was a teenager and he had this pastor's heart and he was, he was so wise and he was married and we had no doubt that Ed would go on to, you know, pastor some church and like do this amazing work of God. But during my first year and Ed's second year, Ed was diagnosed with cancer and it was aggressive, it was brutal. And so for the next two years, he had multiple surgeries and he's in and out of the hospital. Ed was tossed around in the storm. And when he was feeling well, he would show up to class and he would be back on campus. But when he wasn't feeling well, we we visited him and, and we just tried to love on him as much as we could and he would share so many things with us. But sadly, Ed died my last year in seminary. And my classmates and I were devastated. We were heartbroken because we had felt like we had been in the boat with Ed the entire time. We had been in the storm with him. We had been praying for him. We had been fasting for him. But Ed also had a daughter. And this little girl was born sometime around Ed's diagnosis. And let me tell you, this little girl, Alyssa, was God's presence in Ed's boat in the storm. It didn't matter what Ed was going through. It didn't matter how sick he felt. If Alyssa was in the room, he lit up. She brought him so much joy. She was such an encouragement to to him. God placed her in his life at the right time as a reminder of his grace and love and presence in the midst of the storm. 
And we don't like to talk about it this way, but God's power was made manifest because God brought Ed safely home to heaven. He made it safely to shore. And Ed is fully healed in heaven. And the word of God says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know what kind of storms you may be going through. But be assured of this. God is present with you. Look for his presence in your life. Intentionally search for it. Mine for it. Ask God to make it clear for you and hold on to it, especially when the storms come in your life. And invite God into the boat with you and let his power bring you safely to shore. Let us pray. God, your word says that you will be with us even to the end of the age, God. And we trust your word, Heavenly Father. God, my brothers and my sisters might be going through all different types of things right now. Some are sick or praying for someone who is. Some are having challenges in their relationship, in their marriages. Some have difficult relationships with family members and friends. Some are looking for a job or trying to figure out what your purpose is for their lives. There might be a teenager or a young person who's trying to figure out, God, what is going on in my world? They're trying to figure themselves out, God. Maybe they're being bullied in school. Maybe they can't find the right friends. Maybe you're calling them to do something different from their friends and they can't figure out how to be different, God. So many different storms, so many different things happening in our world, in our individual lives. But I thank you, God, that just as you showed up for the disciples, you will show up for us. I thank you, God, that you have the power to calm the storms in our lives. But even if you don't, God, you have the power to calm us in the storm. You have the power to give us endurance. You have the power to strengthen our faith. And so God, I pray for my brother and my sister, whatever they are going through, that you make yourself present to them in a bold and unexpected way. And that you show up for them with all power and all might and all glory in a powerful and unexpected way. And I pray, God, that when you do, we will give you all the thanks and all the praise, Heavenly Father, that we might encourage someone else. So God, we thank you in advance for what we know you can do and what we trust that you will do. It's in Christ's name that we pray, amen.